0: Welcome to the RAF Hall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Lord's Day. Happy Black History Month. Happy Love Month. There's a lot of things going on right now. A whole bunch of stuff. And we're going to talk about a few of them. Is that all right? All right. Um, particularly this love thing, if you may have noticed, I don't know, but you may have noticed, we, there's been this reoccurring theme uh, that's been popping up and, and, and showing its face, uh, this love thing, this love thing. And uh, we're going to dive in uh, once again. Uh, guess what? Y'all got a different scripture this time. We're coming from Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. We'll start at verse 42 and we'll conclude at verse 47. Acts, the chapter is two, that's in the New Testament. Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 72. As we read, I want you to just think about uh, what is happening in this space. Um, We see here that the churches uh, being established and coming together and we're seeing how they're interacting. Watch this, verse 42 st- starts and says, "'And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They fear, Then fear, or awe," some translations may say, "'came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs "'were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods. Lord have mercy, and divided them among all, as needed. Anyone had need. So continuing, daily with one accord, it went one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness, and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Uh, Let us go to God in prayer. God, at this time, we humbly approach you. uh, First of all, just thanking you for this opportunity and this time. But we ask that you open our hearts now for us to receive your divine word. And it is in your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, uh. How many people love TV shows and and movies? I I like TV shows and movies. I don't get to watch them as much as I used to. Um, You know, being uh, new to this and trying to learn everything, I don't really have that kind of time uh, to just kick it and watch a TV show, but I love them. I grew up on them, TV shows and and movies. Uh, Y'all may remember some of the TV shows that uh, maybe when you was coming up, uh, depending on how old you are, I had to see what you was watching at Nick at Night um, but you may remember shows like Different Strokes and, and Good Times and the Brady Bunch, right? Some of y'all remember the Brady Bunch. Even if you weren't in that era, you remember Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You remember that. And, and, and if you were a little older like me, you may remember things like the Cosby Show and Family Matters. That's a, I hear some amens there. Uh, Fresh Prince was one of my favorites. And, and if you're a little older... Uh, well, the real ones. Let me let me back up. The real ones. The real ones knew about that TGIF lineup, you know, uh, step by step. Boy Meets World, you know those. Uh, and, and if you are into of this new generation, you may be familiar with things like Modern Family and Blackish and different things like that. Uh, these TV shows, these sitcoms, uh, often project an image of a family. They often talk about what a family will go through, the things that they experience, and how they deal with that. But a critique I've heard some people give regarding these sitcoms, give regarding these TV shows, is that somehow they are able, every time they are able to solve or avoid a family crisis within about 30 minutes. Within about 30 minutes, if something went down by the end of the show, they fixed it and everybody's hugging and kissing and everything's all well, right? If it was really bad, it might be a two-parter. And the next show, they fixed it and they figured out what they needed to do to bring everybody together. And the problem with that is, a lot of times, what critics may say is that uh, although those TV shows, those sitcoms were entertaining, they failed to capture the life of the average American family rendering uh, such a portrayal kind of worthless uh, in the department of relatability and relevance because uh, that's nice to see but that's not my life. That's not my life. I wish it was. I wish I had an Uncle Phil. That would have been nice. But that's not real life. It's nice to think of the family dynamic in that way But sometimes when we think of those shows, those uh, sitcoms, it comes off, especially things like The Brady Bunch, too good to be true, a cliche at times. I love movies, love movies. My dad collects movies. Before there was a such thing as Netflix, my dad would go to the, uh, the $5 pawn shop and just buy DVDs. I said, what's that movie? He said, I don't know, but we're gonna watch it because he would just collect movies. So I grew up on movies. That was family time for us. That was family time for us. And I love all kinds of movies, but I really love Disney movies. I, I love Disney movies. I'm a big kid. You can judge me at home, not in church. You, I love Disney movies. And my favorite is The Lion King. I love The Lion King. Yes, I hear some. yes. It's a, it's a well put together uh, movie. Uh, it's a Disney classic in my opinion. And these these movies uh, move you and inspire you in different things. Now we're on this new uh, trend of movies, Disney movies. Uh, you ever heard of Coco and Encanto? That's what, that's what we're on right now. Very wonderful, uh, nice movies. And if my uh, daughter has a chance, we're always watching and seeing those movies. And, and like, like that, uh, I, I just, I'm just just gravitated towards those things. But they, once again, they had that happy ending. They had that happy ending. But like I said, I like all movies. I'm not a genre-specific person. Uh, I like almost everything but horror movies. I'm a little ambivalent with horror movies, right? Uh, there's this theme, this trope that you see through horror movies, this cliche, and we've all seen that movie. We've all done, uh, been there and we've seen it, uh, where you see the horror movie when uh, someone may be daring or urging someone to go stay somewhere haunted or off-limits, And we're like, that's a bad idea. But they do it anyway. Or or there's that lady that's running in the woods and then she falls, right? Or uh, there's that guy who's always always the brave one, right? There's that one guy, there's always one, at least one. And they hear a noise, boom. And we're thinking in the crowd, don't go over there. He's like, I'm gonna go check it out, (laughs) right? There's these tropes, that, there's these uh, themes, these cliches. I remember growing up, I don't know about, if you've noticed this, but there was early on in the movie, she was like, uh, there was usually uh, one black guy and early on, he was gone. He was like, what happened? What, what happened there? And, uh, and as my family, if, you, if I'm talking about my family, we're not really thrill seekers. Roller coasters and playing with people's dogs, that's about as thrill seeking as we're gonna get. So when we saw those movies, we knew he had no business out there in that haunted house. What are you doing? What are you doing in the woods out there? And and I I think about those horror movies and it makes me think that, man, you know, ah, that's a little cliche, it's a little cliche, but I love, I love those movies. Um, But the horror movies that I really like are the ones that make you think, the ones that make you think, the ones that leave you in suspense and the ones that have you thinking that could actually happen. That might have some realistic tendencies to it. Um, the ones that would scare me, the ones that have me uh, a- afraid to go to bed at night, those are the ones, the ones that have you thinking, oh, that could actually, he could actually be in your closet right now, right? Uh, I remember growing up, there was a, a horrible, a horror movie. Um, I had a baby doll don't judge me, you can judge me at home. I had a a kid play doll, um, and he looked, he had the big head and he had the the suspenders and everything and the thing, and I loved that thing. I slept with him at night and everything, and then I messed around and watched Chucky. Y'all remember Child's Play, y'all remember that? I messed around and watched that, and as a kid, I couldn't differentiate that between real life, and so, that doll ended up in the closet locked. I never saw it again. I just threw it in the closet because I seen that movie. And that, that kind of brings us to our title of the sermon today. Uh, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. Because oftentimes, uh, we can look at that and we're like, hmm, I've seen this movie. Those, those horrible movies, uh, those horror movies, sometimes can really shake us to the bone, so much so that I had to go back and watch a Disney movie before I went to bed so I could sleep at night. So these, these movies can really shake us to the bone, but the really good ones, the ones that I still remember end with a twist. I didn't see that coming. I didn't know uh, that that was him or that they were seeing, they was the really ones that were seeing the dead people, right? I didn't know that that was going to happen. So I love those ones with the twist. But somehow, even in real life, experience helps us to determine what is going to happen moving forward. And a lot of times we may uh, be in a space where we're like, hmm, I've seen this movie. I've seen that before. Uh, I know growing up, there's times people will ask me to go places and do things. And uh, they may ask me, hey, uh, do you want to go swim in the ocean with the sharks? And I said, no, I've seen that movie. I'm not doing that. Uh, or you want to go explore this abandoned house, yada, yada? No, I've seen that movie. Not doing it. You want to go play with this Ouija board? No, sir. I- I've seen that movie. I'm not doing that. You want to go say somebody's name three times in the mirror? No, not doing it because I've seen this movie before. Uh, And isn't it crazy how life can throw us that loop? There's times in life where we feel like, "Uh uh-uh, I've seen this movie before. And it may not be as crazy as playing with the Ouija board or going to an abandoned house, but sometimes you may be, be asked to open up to somebody, to share, vulnerable space with somebody, to trust somebody and let somebody in to your personal sacred space. And life experience has told us, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I've seen this movie before. I'm not going down that path. I've been hurt way too many times. I've seen people hurt way too many times. I'm not going down that path Anymore. I know you may like the Brady Bunch, but life isn't the Brady Bunch. I've seen how this really plays out. Psychology even tells us, philosophy even tells us how we interact and make decisions and predict the future through induction. We make choices based on our past experience and observed phenomena. We know that, but God in this space and at this time, he encourages us to trust him As I read uh, this passage of scripture, it seems very much cliche. Seems a little Brady Bunch to me. I don't know about you, but it sounds very Brady Bunch to me. Listen, it says that they uh, were breaking bread. I'm cool with that. We can eat together all day long. In prayer, we'll pray for you. We've done that. But then it talks about how They came together. They shared all things in common. They sold all their possessions and goods and divided it among everyone that needed it. Now, a lot of people will say, hold on, Jesus. That's a lot. You're asking us to trust in the family and the system that is in place. You're asking us to depend and to rely on one another. You're asking us to rub shoulders and be vulnerable and let people see and let people in in spaces that our society doesn't really promote. Hmm. Most of us say, I, I, I'm, I'm smarter than that. I've seen this movie before. I'm not going to put myself in a bad situation, right? And, and, and there is some discernment here. There's some discernment that is needed and necessary in every space that you walk in, every space. But I wonder, I wonder if sometimes when we step into those spaces where we're so-called discerning, when we're so-called being cautious and good stewards of what we've been given, if we're truly walking in a space of discernment or we're walking in a space of fear. Are we walking in a space of fear or are we walking by faith? God is saying here is asking and portraying and showing us something that is very much possible. Very much possible. And a lot of times because of what we've experienced because of the movie we've seen before, we're not willing to accept that. Maybe some of that. Mm. We could pray for each other and everything else, but we're not gonna be kumbaya like that. I know that before. I know that for a fact because I've been there before. I've seen this movie before. I've been in churches where I've been hurt. My family dynamic is not healthy. I've struggled to make relationships that last longer than the workplace or a deployment. I struggled and I've seen how that can turn out. I've seen this movie before and it's better for me to just put those walls up and protect myself as I need to because I've, I've seen this movie. I've been here. God is telling us, God is asking us, God is showing us that yes, I, I, I get it. I know it's scary. I know it's hard maybe at first, but I would not ask you to do something or simply have you go into something without having your success in mind. I'm not setting you up for failure. I'm not setting you up to get hurt or to fall. I know what's on the other side of this. We've looked at, I think, a lot This idea of loving our enemies, loving one another, being there for one another. That's a hard concept to ask for and to even participate in. But that is the image that God is asking us to step into. It's tough. Especially in the church, sometimes we we know that things don't always go the way we think they should. We know people aren't who they say they are. And you're asking me to trust these people? You're asking me to step into a space of vulnerability? And the guy's saying, no, I'm not asking you to trust them. I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to trust in what I'm asking you to do. This is not easy. It's not supposed to be. Nothing that comes of my grandmother used to tell me she said anything worthwhile is worth fighting for nothing worthwhile is going to come easy to you nothing worth it is just going to be laid in your lap it's going to take some work it's going to take sacrifice and the life that a lot of us are looking to have and the life that God has intended for us is on the other side of faith but you have to walk through that dark valley we often talk about it and we say uh the 23rd Psalm "Yea, though I walk through the valley the shadow of death I will fear no evil but a lot of times we don't want, want to walk through that dark valley we don't want to go through that God is saying, trust me. Because thy rod and thy staff, they will be there for you. Protect and comfort you. Do we trust that? Do we believe that? I get it. I get it. Because this love thing, it it can it can sometimes put us in positions to be hurt. I get it. But if love is the foundation of our faith, then family is the orientation of it. It is in this space where we learn how to truly apply and approach and address and manage and deal with those things that God is asking us to do disagreements and differences, disappointments and letdowns, disloyalty and betrayal, hurts and traumas. This is the space. This is the space. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to love and to be there for somebody that has hurt you. God is asking us to step into the space of love, the space of community. Because he realizes that as much as you think you are strong, you can't do this by yourself. None of us can. And none of us should. None of us should. And a lot of times I see that this uh, family thing crumbles crumbles is when love isn't truly the foundation that is present. We must love one another. That's the only way something like this as we see in Acts 2 works. Because the reality is not everybody's gonna treat you and talk to you and act the way you want them to. They're not. People are stepping into this space in different uh, levels of life. That's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask because we've all been hurt. If you haven't been, my grandma to say, keep on living. Keep on living. We've all been hurt. We all have betrayals and resentments. There's been spaces and people that we are struggling even to this day to forgive. But God doesn't want us to fall into this space. I I like hip-hop. Is that okay? Y'all not gonna kick me out, are you? I like hip-hop. Y'all can judge me at home, not in church. I like hip-hop. And there's a rapper out there called Drake, and he has a song that's called Fair Trade, and in that burst In the chorus, he says that I've been losing friends and finding peace, but honestly, that sounds like a fair trade to me. And the fact that some of that verse, that line, can resonate with some people tells us and shows us where we are. We're working in a space of hurt and pain, not in a space of peace. And God is asking us, to step into his peace. That doesn't mean it's devoid of of hardship. That doesn't mean it's devoid of certain persecutions and pain. But imagine being in a space where it's not that you're unbothered, but you're unshaken. I've been in a space where I'm planted like the tree by the water, There's these winds that blow. Y'all may remember some winds recently, huh? But after it's done, I'm still here. Doesn't mean the winds didn't come. Doesn't mean that it didn't knock some branches down. But I'm still here. And God is saying my peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Philippians 4, for those who need to look it up. And so instead of walking to the space trying to protect our hearts, God said, Let me do that. Let me do that. Trust me to do that. I get it. Experience tells us that we shouldn't go down that path. I do. Experts tells us that, ooh, this is toxic, you need to get out of that. I get it. But again, we have to be cognizant of what we're doing and how we're moving. Are we moving out of a space of fear and pain? Or are we looking and working out of a space of faith and peace? What is motivating you for doing or not doing something? Some of us have seen this movie before and we're like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to do that. Again, trust me, I get it. I'm not speaking from a place of inexperience. I realize that people can hurt you more than you realize. And a lot of times the hurt, here's the thing, the hurt the ones that really cut deep, they're not the people on the edges of your friendships. They're not the people on the edges of your circle in life. They're the people that you've let in center mass and have a clear shot of everything you hold dear and true. Those are the cuts that hurt. Friends, family, loved ones, people you've trusted for I don't know how many years, and then one day, the betrayal, the letdown, the failure. I get it, I've been hurt really bad. There's been cuts that I still wonder if they're gonna fully heal. But God is saying, listen, I need you to love and trust that this thing that I'm asking you to do is gonna work out. I get it, life isn't a Brady Bunch, life isn't Family Matters, as much as I wanna be able to say, you know, did I do that? I wanna go home, all of that good stuff. No, it's not a sitcom. It's not. Sometimes the sitcom that we want our life to be seems like it's a horrible, horror movie. And we're wondering, Lord, when is this going to end? I've seen this movie before. And I'd rather get off the roller coaster now. I've seen this roller coaster before. And as far as I'm concerned, I never, I've never, I've seen this movie before. And as far as I'm concerned, I never want to see this movie again, never. I get it. I've seen that movie. I've lived that movie. Sometimes I wonder if it's still happening. But again, I get it. As a matter of fact, there's somebody else that gets it even better. Y'all know who I'm going to. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus understands what you're going through. You don't believe me? Let's look back to last Sunday, Chaplain Gibson's sermon. He talked about somebody that was very close to him, right? Jesus had a circle. A lot of times we refer to them as the 12. The 12 disciples. And at his most vulnerable moment, in the most passive-aggressive way, he's betrayed. Betrayed. We all know about Judas. But how many of you realize that it wasn't just Judas that left him hanging? It wasn't, he was at that moment speaking and preaching and, and eating with them, and then when The stuff hits the fan. All of a sudden, they scatter. They all forsook him. Mark 14, 50. You may remember Peter. I'll ride or die for you, Jesus. I'll do anything for you. And then when he's questioned, aren't you with that Jesus guy? Nah, I ain't with him. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you with him. No, 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 I'm not with him. I know you're with him because your speech gives you away. And he starts cussing and everything else. Listen, I'm not with him. Bleep, 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 bleep. Everybody. Jesus knows what this feels like. The closest ones, the ones he's been walking with, the ones he's been praying for, the ones he's been teaching and mentoring, those ones. Left them high and dry. Jesus knows what this looks like. Jesus knows what this feels like. They left him. But listen, again, God is not setting you up for failure. There's a reason why he's asking you to do this. There's a reason why he's asking you to step into this space of community, of love. There's a reason. Because how are we going to make this world better? Unless someone stands up and fights for it. It's kind of funny how sometimes we're always looking for the other person to do what they're supposed to do. I'm not going to do it until she does it. She wants to be nice. If she wants me to be nice, she better talk to me nice. I give what they give. That's a slippery slope. Because the minute somebody doesn't meet your expectations, it's over. It is in this space we are asked to love like Christ. We work on that as a community together. We work on that in this space. In our family dynamics, in our church dynamics, in our relational sphere, wherever we are, we are setting the light and the example that it is, that it what it is to be like Christ. Michael Jackson has a song. Y'all might know this song. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Some of y'all knew that. I could see y'all smiling through the mask. I'm looking at the man and it starts with us. It has to start somewhere. And God has charged us to be the one to lead the charge. I get it. It hurts. I've seen this movie too. Prophet Jeremiah says in chapter 29, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I have plans for you, says the Lord. Thoughts, plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and hope. God doesn't want us to fail. God is not looking for us to fall and to be hurt. But he understands that there will be a dark valley that we all have to traverse through. That's deep, I get it. Can we give a lighter example? Sure, Chaplain Maddox, yeah. My daughter wanted to ride a bike. She wanted to ride a bike, two wheel bike. She was around three or four at this time. Two wheel bike, she'd seen everybody else doing it. She wanted to ride a bike. I said, baby girl, are you sure? She said, yes, daddy, I want to ride a bike. I took those training wheels off and we went at it. Now our parking lot was full of rocks. It wasn't a regular paved parking lot. It was, re- it was a rock parking lot, because that's, that's where we were in life, okay? Don't judge us at home. And she wanted to ride this bike, two wheeler. Now, at first, I started off holding the back of the bike, making sure that she was steady, she got her aim, and she was doing what she needed to do. She was just i uh, I'm doing it, daddy, and I'm holding on, I'm like, baby girl, you, you, we need to practice. <laughs> and sure enough, she's going and she's doing her thing. After a while, I see her starting to straighten up, and she's starting to get fancy with it. She's doing her whole thing. I said, okay, baby girl, I want to see if you can do this. And so daddy had to let her go. I didn't let her go to see her fall. Although I knew that she would the first time. I knew that she would the first couple of times. I knew that for her to ride this bike, she's gonna have to get some scrape D's and some some cuts. I knew that, but I also knew that once she's got it, whoo, she's got it. There was success on the end of this. There was victory on the end of this. And what she had to do was not necessarily trust in that the bike was gonna hold her up or anything. like. She had to trust daddy that, hey, I would not let you go if I didn't think this is what I needed you to go through to get to where you need to be. I had to let her go. She had to fall. There was a couple of tears shed. But she got back up. She got on that bike. She made it happen. I think she was like three or four years old, young. I don't know what age I was riding a bike, but I was very proud of that young lady. But she had to walk through her own dark valley. Daddy was there every step of the way. When she fell, I was gonna brush her off but she had to go through that to get to the other side. She had to trust me. God is asking us to do the same thing. Listen, I'm not suggesting that we should endure, and I have to clarify this, we're not suggesting or preaching that you should endure violence or abuse or injustice, not even saying that you should bite off anything that you're not emotionally or spiritually set to endure. Because everybody's at different levels. I get that. Just like my daughter, she was, if I just let her go at first, we would have gone nowhere. It's baby steps. I get that. But a lot of people say, oh, the Bible says, and I don't know if it says that, so you might want to look that up, but it says, the Bible says come as you are. Okay. Come as you are. But God doesn't want you to stay as you are. I accept you. I love you where you are, but I want you to be the best you that you can be. And I need you to trust me in this journey. I get it, I do. This trust, this faith community, this family, for a lot of people can be, can be scary. They've been through this horror movie before. They've seen it before. But like I said earlier, if you can, the really good ones, the really good horror movies, got that twist at the end. Got that twist at the end. And God is saying, listen, I have a plan for your success. I know this looks dark now. I know you don't want to sit through another horror story in your life. But he's saying, trust me, because at the end of this, I got a twist worth waiting for. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. As believers, as people of faith, as people of resilience, we can trust and we can be reassured that at the end of this journey, whatever that looks like, it doesn't end in defeat, it ends in victory. You may know this story for a lot of those that. Our believers of Christ, you may remember he was killed on a cross. A lot of people was like, oh, that's it. But there was a twist. There was a twist. It didn't end that way, it was only the beginning. And I'm a firm believer that if we do what Jesus did, we're going to get what Jesus got. Trust the plan, trust the plan, I get it. I'm, like I said, I'm a Lion King fan, I get it. Mufasa dies, I know, I know he does, but you don't cut it off at that point. You gotta keep going, you gotta keep going because at the end we see that Mufasa lives through his son Simba. If you don't know the Lion King, if you, I need you to go back, get a friend, Somebody you love and trust, say, hey, what is this Lion King stuff he's talking about? It'll bless your life. That's, that's two cents. That's my little public service announcement. Um, but as we go through this life and we are asked to trust God, we are asked to love one another and work in community. God is asking us to trust not what we've seen, not what what we felt, but who is behind us? God says, trust me, in this space and at this time. And so a story like Acts chapter 2 doesn't seem so much like the Brady Bunch, does it? It doesn't seem so much of a story that is so far-fetched and out of reach and unrealistic that we can achieve that. It is there. It is there for us. But it takes all of us to work at this. And I want to encourage you to do just that. As our worship team comes up to lead us in another song, I want to share with you, as we look at this love story that ends in victory and this idea of what the church can be and should be, I want to offer to you that a lot of times when we feel like being vulnerable in the space means that we're being weak. It means that we are doing something that is silly and insignificant and is setting us up for heartbreak. But with the right mindset and with the right positioning, we realize that this weakness is not weakness at all. It's meekness. It's meekness. What do you mean by that, Maddox? You ever been in a situation where you could have done something to somebody, but you didn't? You had every right to, you had all power to, but you did not. There are secrets that you could have shared, there's things you could have told, but you are holding on to that because, not because you're weak. But there's a meekness about you, and that takes strength. Jesus showed that on the cross. He could have called legions of angels, legions of angels, to take care and wipe out anything that was in his way. But he didn't. Instead, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In order for this world, for this space, for this place to become better, it has to start with us. And as body, as, as people of the faith, being that living sacrifice, that's what it means. Love is not easy, but love is worth it. It's worth every bit of what you're going to give. Again, I've seen this movie. Trust me, it ends better than you think it does. That's all I have for you, family. God bless you and God be with you. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, May the peace of God be with you.